Good evening, everyone. Allow me to quickly take a drink of water, that is. I know how some of you think. <laughs> well, on behalf of Pastor J.D. Farad, we'd like to welcome you here to our Thursday night live stream service at Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe, where we're normally in the Old Testament conducting our line-by-line -line teaching, but tonight we'll be doing a topical study. But I do want to remind everyone about our prayer meeting. It'll be held on the 5th of July here in the sanctuary. And if you're able to join us in corporate prayer, we would love for you to be here. We need as much prayer as we can, we can um, administer, if you will. We need to be approaching that throne of grace boldly, especially in these dark and perverted times. And I would just uh, pray that all of you who are able to make it will be here so we can pray as a church family together. And before we begin our study tonight, why don't we go to the throne of grace for a word of prayer. Loving Heavenly Father, it is that time again to get into your word and expose the evils that are out here in one way or another. I pray that you would be with all who would hear this message and Lord, if I could be so selfish, be with me right now. Would you just descend your Holy Spirit upon me and enable me to speak boldly about this topic that is so controversial. But Lord, your word is not controversial to those who love you. So we accept everything in your word and your word alone, and we stand on it because it is the truth. So speak your truth now. Your servants are listening in the mighty name of Yeshua, Jesus, the Christ we do pray. Amen. Well, tonight, our study would be on the topic of Freemasonry. And this topic is very close to home for me because this was the cult that I came out of that led me to walking with Jesus the Christ. And I don't mean to make this about me, but to God be the glory. And I owe him this brief testimony to show how the Lord is a rewarder to those who diligently seek him. So, it was in late 2010, and I was really seeking the Lord. I just wanted to seek and find the true and living God. I wanted to know who my Savior was. I mean, I knew about Jesus, of course, but I wanted to have a personal relationship with my Savior. I didn't want to call myself a Christian and not know the Christ that I'm supposed to be following, if you understand what I mean. And this, at this point in anybody's life, when you're unseasoned and you're seeking the Lord, that is the most vulnerable position we can be in as Christians. Very, very vulnerable. Because nearly anything that anyone says or proclaims about the God of the Bible, or they talk about Jesus, or you're interested in, you want to be a part of that. Because that's the hunger that you have for God's word. And at this very moment, I was approached by a brother and asked me a few questions. And his first question was, hey, do you believe in God? And I'm like, 
And it's out of nowhere. And I'm like, yeah, I believe in God. He says, okay. I have another question for you. So what's that? Are you seeking? You see that word? Seeking. And my, my ears are like, whoo, something bigger than yourself. I'm like, yes, I am. And then came the dagger, the third question. Do you have a Bible? <laughs> yes, I have a Bible. And I'm thinking, like, this is of God. I'm seeking. I want to see the, I, I want to see the Lord. I'm searching. And look, this guy comes up to me, and he's talking about God. I was so excited. And then he asked for my address and said that he'll come by in a few weeks. And that's how quick it was, but it was powerful for me. So I go home, I get my wife's Bible, and you know, I just started reading the Bible, waiting to be contacted. I just thought in my mind, this is going to be this group we're about to get into, and he wants to test my commitment, and I'm, hey, Lord, whatever you want to do, I'm all in it to win. So eventually they did come by. It was three of them, in fact. And they um, told me they wanted to invite me and my wife to their lodge. I said, fine. So we went to the lodge. And while we were there, he says, hey, get you a King James Bible. And I was like, OK, no problem. And soon after, I began my indoctrination into becoming a Mason. And the rest of the story will unfold as we tackle this topic of Freemasonry. On the surface, Freemasonry appears to be a harmless organization, especially for those who do not believe in the true and living God. It's harmless for them, I guess, from that standpoint. But for those who claim to be Christians, this is a most dangerous cult, and it should be avoided at all cost. And I know that this is very strong language, and it needs to be. And you would do well to do your own research, because we can't cover everything tonight. And if you're feeling hurt already, or if your feelings do get hurt, take it up with your Masonic leadership and the devil who has deceived you. And there's a lot of professing Christians who are Masons, even elders and pastors of churches. A lot of them. They even use their churches for Masonic duties. I've seen Masons teach from behind the pulpit Entire sermons. And for those of you who don't know, that's more than problematic based on what they believe. Professing Christians become so dedicated and indoctrinated that they often fail to see the evil within this cult. They invest so much time and money I mean money, 
and lots of resources that they begin to feel if they let this go, it would be a great loss to them. All the relationships they established as well. But I submit to you, if you don't let it go, the loss will be greater. So as the Lord leads, we're going to discuss what a Freemason is, the doctrine that they follow, how it's organized to a degree, we'll look into some of the dark rituals and practices that they do. We'll talk briefly about some of its high-ranking members and then see who this cult ultimately worships. It's not the true and living God. This will be done utilizing the Word of God to clearly show that those who are Christians should have nothing to do with Freemasonry. But first, as a reminder, I want you to know that exposing this is exactly what the Word of God tells us to do. Captured in the book of Ephesians, in chapter 5 and verse 11, the Word of God reads, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. All unfruitful works of darkness are to be exposed. And this is not a suggestion. This is a command. And again, I will be using the word of God to expose this darkness. And I will read from their own sources as well, such as the Encyclopedia of Freemasonry, written by Dr. Albert G. Mackey, who was a 32nd degree Mason and former General Grand High Priest of the General Grand Chapter of the United States. I'll be quoting from a book titled Morals and Dogma, written by one Albert Pike, who was chosen to become the top Mason in America as the sovereign grand commander of the Scottish Rite of Masonry. This Albert Pike rewrote the 33 degrees of Masonic rituals that are still followed today. I'll be leaning also on the knowledge of a former 32nd degree Mason who authored a book titled Masonry Beyond the Light by the name of William Shinobellin. He was also a Satanist, a practicing Satanist who came out of Masonry and now is a devoted Christian. Praise God for that. All of this combined with information from writers such as Ron Carlson and Ed Decker, as well as my uncle who was a 32nd degree Mason and my first-hand experience should be more than sufficient to make the case. And with that, what exactly is a Freemason? If there's one common definition in regards to Freemasonry or what it is, it would be that this. Freemasonry is a fraternity that is organized and strictly dedicated to furthering the betterment of society. End quote. That's what we're told. I continue. Freemasonry focuses on self-improvement in order to build up a better character within men. They claim to be dedicated to the principles of brotherly love, 
relief, and truth. Another definition states that, quoting, Freemasonry is a peculiar system of morality veiled in allegory and illustrated by symbols. And let me tell you, there are a lot of symbols associated with Masonry. So many of them, and they all have meaning. Now, as to where Freemasonry originated from, several theories, and they add no value to our study, but the common root is contained within the name itself, Masonry. It would appear it goes back to at least the early stonemasons. And perhaps from there, over time, grew to what we see today. Whatever the case might be, it all stems from and conforms to all the works of masons in regards to their foundation on how they teach. Now, it's also good to know that within Freemasonry, there are three basic types of masons that are produced as they go through the process, if you will. Three types. So you'll have the ones that join the masons, obtain their first three degrees, and we'll get into that, with the third degree being the master mason. And at that degree, they typically just stop there. They're a master mason, accepted into a lodge. They might go to meetings or just pay their dues and be happy to be called a mason. Now inside that group, they deny that masonry is a religion. And they claim to use that character building that I discussed earlier, that they're all taught to enhance their own religion. And this represents most of the masons today that fall into that category. And they're offended by teachings like this because they can't see past it. I'm a master mason. I'm utilizing all these things they taught me to better myself as a man, and I've become a better man. So they get upset when anyone rails against Freemasonry. You've become a better man. Okay. I would like to challenge that. Because Masonry cannot make you a better man. Only God can. They have not done their research. Now, all of them are not Christians either. But the ones that are appear to overlook the facts in lieu of their feelings. Then you have the second group of Freemasons who sees Masonry as a religion, but still practice their own religion in concert with Masonry. And then you have the third type who view Masonry as their religion. Masonry is their doctrine, and they don't require anything else. And this is what they teach from the top down as well. Most of the Masonic scholars are within this category. All of them believe it. And even though these groups that are produced have different beliefs, Freemasonry is a belief system within itself. 
And let me tell you, even at the junior levels, you are taught to approach all situations using Masonic ideology. And it's a lot of it. In the end, it's a religion, as we will see. Now, when it comes to the hierarchy of masonry, there's a few things in there that we won't get into, but it's typically delineated by what are called degrees. And for every degree, there is a ritual, with the first three degrees being the milder of these rituals. But let me tell you, they are not mild at all when compared to what is done. And then you bounce that against the scriptures. They are not mild. I'm talking about blood oaths. Do you hear me? Blood oaths. Oh, it's just for pretend. We'll talk more about it. But here's an example of what we say prior to becoming a master mason or third degree. We pledge a blood oath to keep the secrets of Freemasonry within the order by saying this. This is just part of it. Binding myself under no less a penalty than that of having my body severed in twain, my bowels taken from thence and burned in ashes. These are blood oaths. And this is a mild oath. The word of God warns us and tells us not to take oaths of any type at all. Captured in the book of Matthew in chapter 5, verses 34 through 37, the word of God reads, and this is Jesus speaking. But I say to you, do not swear at all, neither by heaven, for it is God's throne, nor by the earth, for it is his footstool, nor by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king, nor shall you swear by your head, because you cannot make one hair white or black. Verse 37. But let your yes be yes, and your no be no. Listen to this. For whatever is more than these is from the evil one. Whatever is more than yes or no is of the devil. What else needs to be said? If you want to argue with Jesus, you will lose. The word of God is crystal clear here. And there is no ambiguity at all. And again, there are many rituals and acts that are so demonic that I've done within this order. In fact, if the Bible did not say that all manner of sin would be forgiven, with the exception of blaspheming the Holy Spirit, rejecting the Holy Word and Holy One of the true and living God, we would all be damned. 
That's how serious this stuff is, at least to me. So bear with me. It's taken over 10 years for the Lord to prepare my heart to speak about this mess because I was deceived. And please know that there's a huge level of deception that goes along with this. And I'm not saying it as an excuse, but at least for you to have some understanding if possible. So hear me out for a moment. As we were going through this, we were initiated under a very strong biblical influence. And I mean strong. And this was my main attraction, of course. I'm seeking the Lord and man, this with my whole heart and guess what? Their stance on the Bible seemed legit. Everything was about the Bible. Before the rituals, we were reading the Bible every day and every night, especially learning aspects of the Old Testament that's hardly even spoken about in churches today. So think how I felt. We get Bible assignments, ho, homework. Sometimes read entire books. We have a week to read this book. Write it down. What did you learn? Quizzes. Training sessions. Then we were reciting long Masonic doctrines, a lot of them derived from the scriptures, with a major twist that we would eventually find. And for me, not being seasoned in the Word of God at that time, and really seeking His face, and being about something bigger than me, oh man, Freemasonry was it. And what made matters worse is that when we were invited to that lodge for dinner, on the wall they had pictures of many people who belonged to that lodge. And so as I approached this wall of fame, if you will, I noticed many people, high-ranking officers and, and officials from my command. That's on this wall. And I'm like, oh man, that's Captain so-and-so. That's this and so-and-so. That's the XO off of this joint. I felt comfortable. It's like, oh, this is the real deal. These guys would, would know. I thought it was safe. I even thanked God openly for bringing me to the lodge. Now I still do, but for a different reason. So if you feel differently about me as I expose my ignorance, I pray the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you. I'm in no way proud of this. What Christian would be proud of their shame? But if my shame can be used to prevent the shame of others and show God's glory in the process, then so be it. All right, here we go, about to dive in. Allow me to point out some red flags. That should have made me pause and research everything on my own. But I could not see the forest for the trees. 
And the first red flag in masonry is the belief of a universal fatherhood of God. This idea that God is God of all religions. This is that coexist mindset. And what this means is that they teach that all men, this is them speaking, quoting Muslims, Hindus, Mormons, Buddhists, Jews, and Christians are the spiritual sons of God, end quote. So even though they start off by utilizing the Bible as the very foundation of everything, after a while, they introduce all aspects of religions and they harmonize it in masonry. Do you hear me? And take notice, Jews are within the fold of Freemasonry as well. That should have been a red flag on top of a red flag. Why? Think about it. We are told to get our instructions from the King James Version of the Bible. But Orthodox Jews do not believe in the New Testament. They reject Jesus as the Messiah. Hindsight is always 2020. This should have spoken clearly that something was missing, or better yet, someone was missing. In fact, 32nd degree Dr. Albert Mackey would say, quoting, God is equally present with the pious Hindu in the temple, the Jew in the synagogue, the Mohammedan in the mosque, and the Christian in the church. End quote. They believe that all are the sons of God. Now, when tested against the scriptures alone, we can clearly see that this is false in every respect. There's only one way to become a son of the true and living God. Captured in the book of John, chapter 1 and verse 12, the word of God reads, But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. And that name is in the name of Jesus. It is the belief in Jesus alone as the redeemer of all mankind that anyone can become Beneha Elohim, sons of God. Our God has one word, which is the Bible. And one way that he offers as a gift to everlasting life through Jesus, salvation himself. He is not the God of multiple religions, and he is not the God of Freemasonry. In essence, the Bible is used as a lure by the Masons. And those who claim to be Christians need to know this up front. 
Don't be fooled like I was. Starts off all biblical, but it quickly turns. Don't brush it off. Fact of the matter is, what they believe is what they believe. And being a member of their order makes you a believer of their order as well. They have their own version of religion. In fact, Manly P. Hall, Prince Hall Mason, I know you heard about them, right? 33rd degree Mason will say these words, quoting, the true Mason is not creed bound. He realizes with the divine illumination of his lodge that a Mason, his religion, must be universal, end quote. Again, this is coming from the top. And even though the lower degrees have not had this push, push, pushed on them, yet it's coming full force. The second red flag in regards to um, what I should have saw is how they, how they, who they, and how they call their creator. They refer to the creator by calling him the great architect of the universe. Now, this goes along with the theme of masonry, but that's just it. And now, this might not sound so bad at first, but nowhere within the scriptures is God ever referred to the great architect of the universe. How is that we could look to God as just some great architect when he is the creator of all things? We have architects all over the place today. Some of them great. But we only have one creator. And again, he's not just some great architect of the universe. And you know, when they speak it, they make it sound so amazing. We're inside the lodge, and you haven't heard this before, and, and someone with a very manly voice, welcome as we serve the great architect of the universe. Everybody's like, oh, wow, the great architect of the universe. Who's that? And it may seem small to some Masons. In fact, people point out that John Calvin even called God the great architect of the universe on several occasions. That doesn't mean he was right. In fact, if that's how he presented God, he was wrong. Period. God is not to be placed on the same planes as man. Who do we think we are? Playing with the name of God. And please know, we should be referring to God, what he is called within his holy word, and not from our devilish thoughts that know nothing. All this steers in the lane of the new age, by the way, 
This is why every other God fits so nicely within the world of Freemasonry, except the true and living God. Think about this. Calling God names that are not contained within the scriptures opens the door to accept the names of other gods as authentic. Are you following me? Then that plays into the hands of universalism. And that's what we have in Freemasonry and the New Age. They're one and the same. They serve a God, the devil, God of this world, currently. Names do matter. And we are to have no other gods before him. Now, if that's not enough in terms of what they call God, there's another name for God that is used in Freemasonry as you move up in the order within the right of the Royal Ark degree. And the name for their God is Jabulon. This is a combination of the word Jah, referring to the name Jehovah of the Bible, the word Bull, referring to the Assyrian deity Baal, and the word On, regarding the Egyptian sun god. It's the name of the sun god's sacred city in Egypt, also seen within the scriptures as Beth Shemesh. That's On. In fact, Joseph's father-in-law was a priest of On in Egypt, as captured in the book of Genesis, chapter 41 and verse 45. So, do we see what's going on in regards to how Masons view God? Do we see this? Go on to call him Jabulon? A mixture of a pagan God? As Christians, we should clearly see that this is blasphemous in every sense of the word. And you want to remain a part of this. Captured in the book of Isaiah, chapter 48, and verse 11, the word of God reads, For my own sake, for my own sake I will do it. For how should my name be profaned? And I will not give my glory to another. Jabalon. Now I understand that's in the higher degrees, but there's no need for anyone who is involved in masonry to wait and to advance up there to find this out. This is the fact of the matter. And wherever you are in masonry, you should stop and pause and think about this. It only gets worse. And I pray the Holy Spirit would have you see through their lies. And if this name does not move you enough, 
please consider the name of the leader of any particular lodge. And that name is Worshipful Master. Does anyone see a problem with this name? Now, I, I couldn't even believe that we were calling this dude Worshipful Master. In fact, this was my first challenge to the Masons. I was like, hey man, why are we calling him Worshipful Master? And I, I was talking to a guy who claimed to be a Christian. And he was like, hey man, it's just a title, man. It don't really mean nothing. In fact, you're in the military, right? I'm like, okay. But you know, it's like calling him the Master Chief or the Master Sergeant. In fact, they would give it a nickname. So you wouldn't have to say Worshipful Master all the time. Just call him Worsh. Hey, Worsh, what's going on? I'm serious. That's how loose it became, like it's nothing, right? Wrong. No, it's a problem. It was downplayed. And you know what? I just rolled with it. I shouldn't have. Because being the master of chiefs is one thing. Being the master of your sergeants is another thing. Being a master chef is another thing. But being called worshipful master is something else. As Christians, we are to worship the true and living God alone. I mean, it should have been a no-brainer. But it wasn't. No one or anything other than God should be worshipped. And there's a good reason why Masons who claim to be Christians are bothered regarding a teaching such as this. Because in the end, they have to wrestle with the fact that most of them spend most of their time in the lodge serving the lodge instead of serving the Lord. And while you're in it, it seems so innocent. But it's not. It's all a distraction to keep one from being in the will of the true and living God. Captured in the book of Matthew, in chapter 6 and verse 24, the word of God reads, no one can serve two masters. And we can stop there. For he that he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. And if you don't think that there's money involved in here, you're wrong. A lot of money's involved in masonry. Countless fundraisers that nearly consume the time of everybody. And it's all for the service of the Masonic Lodge. Entire weekends dedicated to raising money. Not to mention the money that we throw into this, as we'll talk about in a moment. This is serving another master. 
And all these activities takes Christians away from Jesus completely. In fact, many Masons who claim to be Christians stop going to church. They prefer, they prefer to go to the lodge and learn. And if any Freemason believes that these positions are just titles, merely rankings, or within some great fraternity, this is not the case at all. But I'll let you be the judge, because there are some other things that we do and say during the initiation process within the first three degrees, so I'm going to go through real quickly, of masonry. So, in the first degree, we're called the Entered Apprentice. And we learn a bunch of handshakes, code words, stances, other hand symbols, preparatory stuff, various Bible verses, by the way. And I mean, memorize Bible verses, much of it in the Old Testament, as I said before. And we're told that we would obtain the secret knowledge. When we become a mason, that we are charged to keep as a secret as well. And God is always spoken about. So in the beginning, there's not some crazy gotcha moment to speak of. Until the initiation starts. When all the initiates are brought into this outer room and then we're prepared to see the worshipful master. And if you want, you can see all of this fully played out on National Geographic. They had a lighthearted documentary on Freemasonry, but it did capture some of these rituals. But what is not shown is the amount of money that we throw into this. It's embarrassing. All of this stuff is paid for by the initiate as like some sort of club dues, if you will. So the fundraising separate. We pay to go through the initiation process. That's bizarre within itself. Because during the process, we're blindfolded. And then they link us all together. It's called a cable tow, but it's a noose that they put around everybody's neck. Now, as a black man, as soon as I felt something go around my neck, I should have ran up out of there. But no, we pay for that. Then we drug out to this outer door where the officers in this Worshipful master are waiting. And then we're instructed to basically say the following. I am lost in the darkness and I'm seeking the light of Freemasonry. Now 
Now, they make it seem like that light will be coming from the scriptures because they have the Bible in front of you. But that's not true at all. What's said here is what they exactly intend to do. You are seeking the light of Freemasonry, and that's what they're going to give you. And it's not a light at all. It's a shiny object that reflects light, but it's full of darkness. Captured in the book of 1 John in chapter 1, verses 5 through 7, the word of God reads, This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. Verse 7. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. There is no other light than the light that is provided by the true and living God. God is light. God is in the light because God, he is light. And have you noticed the absence of Jesus Christ in all of this? Jesus, who is the light of the world, is never mentioned. And this is by design. And this is why the Jews are not offended by Freemasonry. Because the name of Jesus is removed from the scriptures. In the books that were given, the little black book, we call it, Bible verses are all through there. And the ones that normally have Jesus' name attached to it, his name is removed. It's taken out. It's removed and then they twist the scriptures. And that becomes the studied doctrine. And the spiritual implications are tremendous for Christians. Then our second and third degree are no better. Second degree is called fellow craft. And again, the third degree is where you become a master mason. Now, there is so much in this. I wish we could have had a couple studies on it, but you need to do your own homework. During these next two degrees, more money is raised and given, and I mean a lot. More scripts that were given that we have to recite and remember, and I mean a lot of them. We spend months doing all of this and learn all kinds of secret phrases and passcodes and signs and handshakes, all of them blasphemous. But at the initiation of Master Masons is where everything, everything changed for me. 
They call this being raised up. It's a ritual. And to me, it mocks the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It is the worst thing I've ever experienced in my life. As a Christian. I can't give you the whole thing. We don't have time. But it's like this. The story revolves around Solomon's temple. In the Bible, it talks about architects who came to build the temple. One's name, one man's name is Hiram, from Tyre, I believe it was. Anyway, they fabricate a story around this man. They call him Hiram Abiff. He was the one with the designs and the plans for the temple. Well-known, well-respected. And there were three people jealous of him. So, what they do with us, we're blindfolded. And as we walk up this plank, if you will, you notice you're getting higher off the ground. Someone comes and grabs you and asks you for the design plans. And they have choice words they say, and you're supposed to not say anything to keep the secret of the plans. Then you move along, and the next one comes up. He might punch you or something or whatever, and he, give me the plans, they rough you up a bit. And you say nothing. And you get the last final step, and you're up there. Give me the plans, nothing. Now this man throws you off the temple, the part that was being constructed. And you fall down, and then they catch you. But they keep you down. And here's the part. Then they go through these speeches and all of that. And you're now in a rigor mortis state with your hand exposed from the dirt which you were covered by those who killed you. And they come by and they grab your hand, but then they don't grab it hard enough so you stay laying down. And they do it on three occasions, and on the third one they raise you from the dead. And now you're a master mason. It was at that moment you know I just went home afterwards I was throwing up I was so sick explained to my wife what happened for weeks I would see things it was horrible I went to the lodge on three occasions after that. And finally, I threw everything away and I challenged them based on the word of God. No one ever came. They said they were gonna bring the Grand Master of the Seattle Lodge to come talk to me. He never came. It was at that point I prayed to the Lord that I would never be deceived again. It was also at that point the Lord revealed to me 
that through all that garbage, he was preparing my heart for something greater. I was already in a Bible study mode. And now I was just more aggravated to read it more. And I stayed in God's face daily. Never to be duped again. And my hatred for the devil, oh man, severe. I never felt so conflicted in my life, but I praise the Lord for what he's done in regards to everything. I was contacted later on by um, a guy on, uh, what do you call it, LinkedIn. And he says, hey, you know, I remember when you were talking about how Masons never spoke of Jesus. I would like you to look at the Knights Templars. The Knights Templars speak about Jesus. Another Jesus, by the way. And they recite his name under Jabulon. So thanks, but no thanks. In fact, in the Knights Templar, when they have their meetings, they call themselves, I am that I am. The real I am is going to deal with you. And I am glad. Freemasons are not taught that Jesus Christ is the only way to salvation. They teach another Jesus. In fact, they are told that they're able to work out their own salvation through hope, deed, and charity. That's in their writings. The gospel of Jesus Christ is nowhere to be found within Freemasonry. And I also find it very interesting that out of some 28 prayers that Mackey would assign to all the lodges to read at various meetings and events, not one of those prayers ends in the name of Jesus. In fact, Jesus is considered a lesser deity at best. And this is just the tip of the iceberg. At the end of the day, they serve the God of this world. And the devil, who has, in a most clever way, constructed such a compelling religion of Freemasonry by appealing to all of the senses of man within all religious sects, including Gnosticism, And it's very clever, I'm telling you, to say the least. This is how we can have someone like Jesse Jackson become a 33rd degree Mason. The Reverend Jesse Jackson. And please know, there are many within high levels of the government who say that they're Christians, 
who are Masons as well. And I'm not just picking on Jesse Jackson, by the way. There's plenty in the past that you know about. The early ones, of course, we all heard of, George Washington and all of them, John Hancock and so forth. But Frederick Roosevelt was one as well. John Wayne was one. Count Basie was one. Mark Twain was one. The list goes on and on. And think about it. All of their meetings are at night, under the cover of darkness, and they claim to hold secret knowledge that is only obtained within the order. Christians, beware. And you have been warned. And I encourage you to take the things of God seriously and look well into this or any other organization that claims to have some knowledge, some light, some this, that, and the third. Captured in the book of John, chapter 19, verses 19 through 20, the word of God reads, the high priest then asked Jesus about his disciples and his doctrine. Jesus answered him, I spoke openly to the world. I always taught in synagogues and in the temple where the Jews always met. And in secret, I have said nothing. What is said in secret is of the devil. God has said everything openly. And I encourage anyone who is a part of this Masonic Lodge, Freemasonry, or whatever you want to call it, again, stop serving the large Lodge and start serving the Lord. The Lodge is not your way to salvation, nor becoming a better man. If you're a Christian, I pray that you would heed these words. Why don't we all stand so we can pray? Loving Heavenly Father, I want to thank you, Lord, for just allowing us to hear your truth against the lie. Your word always prevails no matter what. I'm so thankful that you got me out of that and showed me the truth of your word, conditioned me through that madness to bring me to this place that I am today. All you're doing, you took something so bad and made it so good for me. And only you can do that, and I'm forever grateful. And I pray, Lord, that many others will come to the light, the true light of your word. We love you, Lord, and we thank you. We give you all the honor and praise, and may you be glorified forevermore. In the mighty name of Yeshua, Jesus, the Christ, we do pray. Amen.